Hi there, this is Will Green. This is the Channel Islands Business Podcast. This is the second part of the podcast with Kevin Bosher of Ravenscroft Group. In this podcast, we'll be talking about negative interest rates, green and sustainable finance, Brexit and the state of the UK economy. Enjoy listening. And what about the green and sustainable finance sector? Is that an opportunity or is it a danger of greenwashing? There's a bit of the danger of greenwashing. It's definitely an opportunity, and it's the way, it's the direction of travel, pretty much for for everybody. Some countries, obviously, slower than others, i.e., US um, and China, uh, the two world's biggest economies, as it happens. But it, it's the direction of travel. Everyone is focused on on green, environmental friendly um, type type of issues. ESG um, very important from you know an investment consideration point of view as well. What we have to remember is that that will be a, some industries, some companies will be a beneficiary of that, i.e., alternative energy companies, wind, water, etc. So some companies will would struggle in that, i.e., major oil companies and 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 you know oil and coal and and so on. But also we have to remember there's a cost involved to this. So the the investment needed to get some of these alternative energies, for example, up to a level that can meet all the capacity demand is going to take a very long time and the investment required is huge. So in the short term, actually, that adds a cost to, um, you know, to you need investment, you need huge investment. And if for the corporate sector, for the companies to invest in that, it's not necessarily going to be profitable for a very long time. So you need investors to take a long term view if they're investing in that. And also you need governments to work with the corporate sector to make it as attractive as possible for companies to take that high initial investment, either through working with the private sector, public-private type of partnerships, or through tax breaks and so on. Mm. And I think in the US in particular, that's what we'll see out of the Democratic government. I think we'll see Joe Biden giving lots of tax breaks and other incentives to alternative energy and environmental and green type of businesses in the US to really try and invest heavily um, and establish a platform for, for the long term. You mentioned about interest rates being at historic low levels. The Guernsey Financial Services Commission put out a, uh, an update on their website a couple of weeks ago off the back of the Monetary Policy Committee the Bank of England saying they were doing some correspondence work around turning negative maybe. Do you think there's a chance that interest rates could turn negative in the UK and, and more widely? There's definitely a chance. So I think even though we're going to hopefully see some really good economic numbers next year and maybe 2022, as I've already said, that the reality is these secular trends where ageing demographic, um, weak productivity, technological disruption across so many industries, as you and I talked about this morning, which is putting downward pressure on prices and inflation. We have an excess of savings globally over investment, which tends to be disinflationary and lead to lower growth. So for those reasons, I think central banks... Um, and, and governments are going to be very keen to try and boost growth, nominal growth, and get inflation higher. And of course, the other reason for that is the fact that there's so much more debt around in the world. Global debt levels are probably 50% higher than they were back at 2007-8 and the great financial crisis. And many companies, governments, and you know, in, in particular, are taking on more and more debt throughout this COVID pandemic crisis. So global debt levels are about 330% of, of GDP are very high and one of the few ways governments can try and and basically reduce the burden of that debt is to grow their way their way through it so for all those reasons I think we're going to see interest rates stay very low for a long time 
central banks, including the Bank of England, are actually going to be very happy to see inflation move towards their target levels and perhaps stay above their target levels um, for some period of time, i.e. 2.5% two, two for the next few years. That's going to be welcome to get nominal growth higher and inflate away some of this debt. So from the Bank of England point of view, they've definitely already kind of implied that they're going to keep rates where they are for at least the next three or four years. Markets are anticipating it could be as long as four or five, five years. They're def they're, they are certainly looking at negative rates. The UK economy, and, and for good reason, because the UK economy has lagged behind everywhere else pretty much developed-wise since the um, Brexit vote in 2016. Um, the UK economy is very consumer-led with the, with the COVID pandemic and with the Brexit as well. Um, unemployment is gone up materially. Um, unemployment is likely to continue to rise into at least the first half of next year. Um, when you have high employment, that clearly hits consumption, which is about two-thirds of the UK economy. So the UK economy is likely to continue to lag behind the US, Europe, and certainly Asia, for example. And that's going to necessitate low interest rates. It's going to necessitate the Bank of England continuing to do lots of quantitative easing and, and buying up government bonds, partly to fund the increased government spending, but also partly to make sure that there's plenty of liquidity in the, in the marketplace to businesses and markets are functioning. So they, they'll have to probably look at negative interest rates if things don't get much better that quickly. But having said that, I think they prefer not to have to do it. They probably prefer to keep interest rates where they are for longer, do more quantitative easing, maybe try and give some guidance to the market where they want yields to be and on bonds, for example, across different maturities. So there's a number of other mechanisms they can use. And I think negative interest rates, they won't rule out, but it will be, they'll, they'll try other things that we already know and see what they're doing beforehand. You mentioned their Brexit. What's the impact of that, or is the market already factored in the uncertainty to an extent? I think the market has factored in most uncertainty, um, and it now increasingly looks like we are going to get either some sort of deal, a um, lot more you know, optimism around in the last week or so, uh, and or, or either a deal or we're going to get an extension of the transition period and, and the uh, time to agree a deal. And no, no question, that's positive for the UK if we get that. Um, but also, I think it's positive for Europe. And, and, you know, it is a Europe. The UK's got its own issues and problems, but Europe's not far behind that. Europe's got plenty of economic um, and growth issues as well. So Europe needs a deal just as much as the UK from an economic point of view. Um, so I think markets, to a large extent, have, have priced in a no Brexit, no deal scenario. Um, they're starting to, I think, I think they're starting to realise that that we might actually get a deal for an extension of transition. Therefore, we've seen a rally in sterling in the last few days. We've seen UK equities start to perform quite strongly relative to other, other markets. Um, and we've seen gilt yields, bond yields move up a little bit, um, which is a signal that the markets are anticipating stronger growth ahead. So I think there's some signs, promising signs there. If that takes a turn for the worse, then I think we'll see some of those trends reverse, clearly, in the next week or two or three or whatever. Um, but even if we get a deal, then I think some of that's already priced in. The market sterling might rally a bit on the on the news, um, but but equally I think then you know investors are still very much focused on the longer term, and the the fact of the matter is even with a Brexit deal, the UK economy is struggling because of 
Um, in fact, it's lagged for so long because many of its key industries are on the secular pressures, whether it's high street retail, whether it's um, energy, financial services, a lot of those businesses are under long-term secular pressures. There's also the demographic issue um, as well. And then you've got the fact the economy is so dependent on the consumer, uh, you know, which during a pandemic problem where many people have been out of work or lost job or, or, or had less income has, has been problematic. So, so I think the UK is, is definitely, a, it looks very attractive long-term. UK equities are very cheap compared to everywhere else and their history. Sterling looks very cheap. The UK economy is lagged. I think we're kind of towards the bottom of that trend on, on a two to five year view, but we've still got a bit of uncertainty to get through in the next few weeks and months and hopefully Brexit will go the right way. Thank you very much, Kevin, for those great insights into these huge, important subjects. And thank you very much to the listeners as well and look forward to you listening again soon. This has been the Channel Islands Business Podcast.